Thank you for joining me. You're listening to The Profitable Content Show. In this episode, I have the pleasure of speaking to Claire Hosa. She is the leading authority on imposter syndrome in the UK. She has authored eight books and is also an expert in neuroscience and psychology of performance. We talked about how to get speaker gigs as a coach, imposter syndrome, of course, and how to help people overcome it. You're going to find this really, really interesting if imposter syndrome is something you have experienced before. Let's dive right in. Hello, Claire. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Stephanie. It's lovely to spend time with you today. Excellent. So, Claire, I know that you have done so much as a coach and you've come so far. You've got your book, you've got your certification program. Um, you do amazing speaking gigs now also virtually, and you also have your one-to-one and other programs. So, you know, I'm sure all the coaches and consultants listening are thinking, wow, how did she manage to do all this? But really love to hear more about your journey. Uh, of course. Well, I, I started off as an engineer. So my oh. original, <laughs> as, as you do. Um, my original training, I've got a master's degree in mechanical engineering in German. And I spent 10 years in engineering and specialized in Six Sigma and lean manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Um, after about 10 years, I realized actually I wanted a change of scene. There was a lot of me too in engineering back then. Being one mm-hmm. of just two female engineers on a staff of 200 was quite challenging. And I also realized I wanted to spend more time with people because making people smile was really what floated my boat rather than working with machines. So I went and I became, I went traveling for a year and then came back and I got the job as head of market research at Dyson. And so I set up their market research functionality. I'd been running what we called guerrilla market research in my engineering job. Um, because just being able to get engineers to talk direct to customers, that gives you so much better feedback than when it's been through a marketing team's filter because they're all speaking different languages. So at Dyson, my job was to be the interpreter between the design engineers, the marketing team and the end customers. And I loved that. That's when I qualified as an NLP trainer. So Mm neuro-linguistic programming. After a few years, I realized I could never make a big enough difference in the world by selling somebody else's bits of plastic. So (laughs) I took the leap back in 2003 and set up my own business in leadership development. The reason I got into imposter syndrome, which is what I've spent most of the last 17 years specializing in, is I did a lot of executive mentoring work in those days. And my very first client had something that I didn't know was called imposter syndrome, but it was. And then my next one and my next one and my next one. And I kept working with all these people who, to the outside world, They were really confident and successful, but at three o'clock in the morning, their self-talk was driving them crazy. It was holding them back from fulfilling their potential, from really enjoying their role. It was making them micromanage. It was making them difficult to work with. And people would often be sent to me as a last resort before they were fired, which I thought was pretty harsh. Actually, all they needed was to let go of that inner pain because they were projecting that pain and that fear and that worry and anxiety. And I discovered that when you allowed them to get deep below the surface and clear out the triggers, they got to be all of who they really were to be an inspirational leader, to really make that difference for their team. And that's what got me specializing in imposter syndrome. Then last year 
Ditching Imposter Syndrome, the book came out. When I was writing it, I was looking for the latest research. I couldn't find anything that was much more than either a small study or a telephone poll. Oh, and so wow. ran the UK's first large-scale research study into imposter syndrome, which has been so useful. So now we've got really clear data on the behaviors, the difference between it and self-doubt, how it gets in people's way how managers and leaders can spot somebody who's got it and what we can do to really help people set themselves free rather than doing the sticky plaster kind of mindset. I'm going to pretend I'm okay. Wow. That's amazing. What an amazing journey. Gosh. And is it the book that then uh, started off your speaking? No, I've been a speaker for many, many years. But then when I had my kids, I had to stop for a while because a huge number of speaking events are in the evenings. And I wanted to be at home to put my kids to bed. It's one of the reasons I was running my business is I could have that flexibility. So I took a lot of my work online for a few years. And I was very fortunate that I was well known as a virtual speaker long before it became the only option. Um, Ironically, over the last year before lockdown, my face-to-face speaking gigs had started ramping back up again. And then like so many people in March 2020, in that fateful one week, everything just disappeared. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh no. (laughs) You know, and, and we all had it happen. So it was just a pivoting back to the virtual world. Um, I was really lucky. I got to help a lot of teachers to be able to convert their teaching style to go online because although we all think teachers find it really easy to teach, actually it's quite scary when you put a camera there. And a lot of them were freezing. So I got to run, run lots of workshops like that. I worked with companies on that. And that helped build my reputation as a virtual speaker. And now I'm probably about as busy as a virtual speaker as I would have been had the face-to-face world continued this year. Oh, that's fantastic. That's good. That's great. And of course, it's something that can scale more easily because you don't have to do all the traveling. Exactly. Exactly. And it's interesting because a virtual speaking gig, I find, takes a lot more energy than being on stage. When I'm on stage, you feed off the energy of the audience, yeah? And when it's virtual, you have to, I find it takes almost twice as much energy. So I've actually reduced the number of speaking gigs I'll take each month, despite not traveling, because otherwise it's just too exhausting. I completely get you. I, I feel very much the same. When you go online, you know, if it's an interview like this, it's it's fun and it and it feeds yeah. you. But it, when you're doing an interview, uh, sorry, when you're doing a, a like a like a speaking gig, yeah, it's like it's you know it's like when you're with real people, mm. you feed off their energy, and you're so exactly. full of energy afterwards that you know actually exactly. you can go home and do a lot more than usual. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and there's a lot to be said for you know, that final read through of what you're going to present when you're sitting on the train on the way or a plane on the way to an event, and then you decompress on the way home and you let it go. And with the virtual, one of the things I've had to work quite hard on is actually having clear boundaries. It's okay. That event's now finished. I'm not doing anything else for the rest of the day. And sometimes when somebody's contacting me about a speaking gig, they're like, but it's only an hour. And I'm like, no, Mm. (laughs) no, no, no. 
it's a lot of work to create a really strong hour of content, particularly virtually, where you have to make it higher octane. You know, I'm not quite a children's TV presenter, but you have to be a lot more bubbly and effervescent and you have to give the energy to the viewers, to the audience, instead of being able to, to share it between you. It's quite a different skill set. It's true. And I have seen your online videos and they're absolutely amazing. Thank um, you. I'd heard people say how good you are, <laughs> but I, I actually watched your videos on your speaking page and I'm like, yes, and you really, really uh, do a great job. So um, if you, That's if actually, you, thank you. I'm going to say there's one suggestion I'd love. There's one thing I've learned really important over lockdown is in the olden days, if, if you're listening and you want to be a speaker or take your speaking to the next level, in the olden days, we had to have a speaker reel, which was quick highlights, 30 seconds here, 30 seconds there, a few testimonials from people in the audience on a high at the end of a session. It had to be beautifully edited together with lovely background music. Mm-hmm. People don't want them anymore. What they now want to see is that you can hold the audience for an entire session. So what I did is my speaker page, there's a link to it now on every page in my website. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's an image link at the bottom of every article in the sidebar on everything in the menu bar at the top and at the bottom. And I've got two full length sessions that I'm running. One is a face-to-face session and one is a virtual session because when they're going to invest in you, and it's not just their money they're investing. The company's investing their trust and their personal reputation as a booker in you. They mm-hmm. want to see not just the 30-second highlights of, oh, great, during that 30 seconds, people weren't yawning, but you should have seen the rest of it. They want you to have the courage to say, here's all of me, including the bits where the energy's dipped, including the bits where I couldn't say reticular activating system without putting my false teeth in, yeah? <laughs> they want to see that you're human, And the big thing that I found with virtual speaking is they want that intimacy. They want people to be able to interact. They don't want you to take what we do on a stage and just put that on a screen. They want people to be able to connect with the real you. So if you want to do anything on your speaker page, consider getting some stuff that you've done where you've run an online session or you've run even a Facebook live because they want to be able to see in real time how you do what you do, how you communicate your message. And that is what I'm getting as feedback is the reason why I've been booked. Yeah. So some, a lot of my work comes from referrals. Mm -hmm. I've got a very large conference I'm keynoting at in November, which came from a Google search. Yeah. Fantastic. (laughs) A Google search to my speaker page. So this stuff works. But it's really important for us not to get hung up on the perfection. You've seen, Stephanie, you know, the talks on my speaker page, they're not perfect, but people love them because they're real. And that's what people want at the moment, someone they can connect with. That's right. That is so true. So true. Wow. I can really hear all your experience in there. You really know what really makes a difference. So, yes, I... uh, I definitely encourage you all to go to clairehosa.com and have a look at her speaking page because it's, it is really fantastic. I was like, I don't know how much time I spent on it before when I, um, when I sent you the message for the podcast. Um, But one other, one of the reasons why I, I contacted you is because I know that my audience suffers from imposter syndrome. Like I do, of course, (laughs) I think we all do at some stage. Uh, so I wanted to 
to get your help with trying to identify what imposter syndrome is because we all, we've all heard about it and maybe we suspect we have it, but we're not quite sure. So how, how would we go about that? Hmm. Okay, so I'd love to start first by briefly talking about the difference between imposter syndrome and self-doubt because people often get the two of them mixed up. Is that okay? Yes, I, I, I... So we found in the research study in 2019 that there is a really big difference between self-doubt and imposter syndrome. So self-doubt, general confidence, when people are doubting themselves, they're talking about what they can and can't do. When they're talking about imposter syndrome, it's about who they really are, that sense of self. So I talk about the imposter syndrome iceberg, which at the surface, we've got our our actions, then our thoughts, our beliefs, what's important to us, and that sense of identity. The the self-confidence and self-doubt is up there at the, the beliefs level. I can do this. I can't do that. Yeah. When you start using I am phrases, who am I to be doing this? Who am I to charge that much? Who am I to have that many clients? What if that person realizes I'm not good enough? What if me pitching for this piece of work means they find out I'm a fraud? Anything with I am in is an identity level statement. And that's where imposter syndrome hangs out. So it's the secret fear that they'll find this out, even though we're outwardly confident. And I often talk to clients about it being the fear of others judging us the way we're judging ourselves. That's the essence of imposter syndrome. Nail on the head. (laughs) Yeah, I'm seeing the blood series, definitely. (laughs) So when we look at it like that, it's important to be looking at your self-talk. When you're talking to yourself about something that's a stretch or something you want to grow into or something you want to achieve, or maybe you're doing your planning on setting your goals or you're taking action towards a goal, is that self-talk about what you can and can't do? In which case, go and get yourself some training. Yeah. Okay. My that's presentation right. skills might need improving. Great. Go and find a course, you know, or go and read a book. But if it's about who you are, yeah, what if they realize they made a mistake hiring me? What if they realize I'm not who they think I am? Then that's imposter syndrome. And you need a different tool set. Working at the mindset level and the positive thinking level, that's up there with confidence and self-doubt. Right down below the surface, you need to be clearing out the limiting beliefs. You need to get to that identity shift because imposter syndrome in its essence is that ravine, that gap between who you see yourself as being and who you think you need to be to achieve your dreams. And when I work with people on imposter syndrome, what we normally do is we have that gap and we try and build a bridge over the ravine. And the whole time we're walking over that bridge with our coping strategies and our sticky plasters, we're looking down going, it's a very long way down. (laughs) And what I do when I work with people and what I teach in the book Ditching Imposter Syndrome is how to close that gap So there's no ravine and you don't need the bridge and you don't need the sticky plasters because you've allowed yourself to become the version of you for whom creating or achieving that is simply what you do. Amazing. That's what we'd all love to do, of course. So can you help us do that? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So the first key is to spot the self-talk. Yeah. And it can be hard to spot the self-talk because we don't normally pay attention to our inner critic unless it's really yelling one of the ways you can do that is something i call the flinch factor 
So the flinch factor is where you're thinking, okay, I'm going to return that call. Yeah, I've just had a journalist message me. I'm going to phone them like they've asked. And something in your body goes, oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like there's a tiny, tiny movement that happens where you curl up like a hedgehog. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That flinch factor is your warning sign that there's part of you that feels scared about taking that action. So becoming aware of it can often be enough. Simply then uncurling your shoulders, that breathing out going, okay, is this really a real fear? Yeah, I talk about legitimate fear. So legitimate fear and mind story fear. So legitimate fear is when you're walking along that cliff path and it's really windy and you're too close to the edge and your brain and your body are saying, Claire, move. (laughs) (laughs) Mind story fear is the stories we tell ourselves. It's the, what if this happens? What if that goes wrong? What if I mess this up? What if they don't like me? What if I don't get the gig? The mind story fear is what's causing us to flinch because usually making a phone call is not going to be a life-threatening situation. So that can't be a legitimate fear. The challenge you have is the body feels every thought you think and it can't tell the difference between legitimate fear And mind story fear, so it fires off the whole stress response. We've heard of the fight, flight, freeze response, yeah? Yeah. Um, It gets the adrenaline, the cortisol running, and it means that when you make that phone call or you pitch to that client or you run that discovery session, the dialogue that's running in the back of your head is, what if they don't like me? What if they realize I'm not good enough? What if I can't help them? What if I'm not good enough to help them? And suddenly the genius that's you can't shine because the fight flight freeze response has diverted the blood flow from the front of your brain has your great ideas to the primal part that only cares about you not being lunch for the saber-toothed tiger (laughs) and that's why on the call your mind can go blank because you're in the stress zone you don't have access to the bit of your brain that's brilliant at this stuff And the stress zone really doesn't care about answering that question. It just wants to decide whether you're going to run or whether you're going to climb a tree or whether you're going to freeze and hope the tiger can't see you. So it's really important to start by becoming aware. A lot of the little symptoms we can simply breathe out and let go. Then it's going below the surface, looking at, well, okay, what are the habits I'm running here? What are the beliefs that I need to clear? There are questions that I ask people when I work with them that help them understand how they're getting in their own way. And you can actually pinpoint the specific block that's causing you to subconsciously self-sabotage. So that's the next stage is clearing that out. Going below the surface, it's then looking at the identity level protection where we all wear that, you know, we've all had the experience of putting on that invisible armor so that we can feel safe or maybe we've picked up an alter ego you know if if I'm going to rock the stage I need to pretend I'm Beyonce yeah (laughs) if I'm going to make it in this marathon I've got to pretend I'm Joe Wicks it's about letting go of the need for that so you feel safe by clearing out the root cause triggers you no longer have to worry about the mindset and the attitude and the beliefs that all falls into place And then that final stage of closing that gap so there's no ravine and no bridge needed is really connecting with who you really are, which is something I call courageous alignment. It's looking at influencing authentically so that you magnetize your dream clients because you're not wearing your armor. It doesn't mean you're being vulnerable to the point of view of hanging up your laundry in public. It's about, I'm me. 
and I'm comfortable in my own skin. And if you want to feel comfortable in your own skin, here's the process I can help you with on whatever it is that the journey is you take your clients on. So that's the process. And Stephanie, we chatted before this session. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a, a workbook and a short video training that can help you to look at the five key stages of ditching imposter syndrome and put together an action plan. So if you're listening to this right now and you think, actually, I'd love to understand what role imposter syndrome is playing for me and what I can do to start turning that around, that's yours as my gift. And the link I'm sure will be in the show notes. Um, You can find it at clareyosa.com forward slash profitable. But that's a really useful workbook to go through to help you to do some of the background thinking to create your action plan for ditching imposter syndrome. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Claire. And yes, definitely. We will stick that in the show notes for sure. We'll also add your book. Thank you. Um, and maybe a little link to, to your speaker page because we're also <laughs> curious about seeing that now. So. <laughs> Thank you. And the speaker page, I'm not holding it up as an example of a perfect speaker page. You know, I still see speaker pages for some others and I'm like, oh, that is just gorgeous. But the fact is it's working. Yeah. Indeed, and that's what matters because you, a website will be a work in progress forever. It's never ready. So, exactly. And and as somebody, you know, when we're in the business of marketing ourselves, when we're a coach or a consultant or a freelancer, it's very easy to be a perfectionist, which is one of the signs of imposter syndrome. (laughs) Okay. Um, But with our website, it just needs to be good enough that our clients will trust us and take action. And there's always time to refine it. So having mentioned the perfectionism, it might help to briefly talk about what I call the four P's of imposter syndrome, which are four warning signs. Um, Go ahead. (laughs) These came from the research study. So the first one is perfectionism. Mm -hmm. And you're not looking at, (laughs) you're a natural perfectionist. You know, if you look at somebody's fingernails and shoes, you can tell if they're a natural perfectionist or if they're a behavioral perfectionist, which means it's a stress response. So the perfectionism is all about slaying your goals. I'm going to aim so high. And if I achieve it, I'll write it off as fluke, but I'm going to set my standards so high that they're almost unachievable. And it holds us back from taking action. The second P is procrastination, which I know as business owners, we would never do. Yeah. That's not. We're our own boss. (laughs) This is filling our time with busyness. Yeah. Having to be seen everywhere and be doing everything rather than taking the inspired actions that create breakthroughs. The third P I call project paralysis. So this is like playing hide and seek with a child where if you play hide and seek with a toddler, they'll often cover their eyes and go, right, you can't see me. And if you're kind, you'll play along and pretend. Yeah. But it's like, okay, scary project. I can't see you. You're not there. You're not there at all. I'm not going to have to do you. And then the deadline comes and we use the adrenaline that comes from that to push on through. And we maybe even pull that all night here. Yeah? The yeah. fourth P, really big one for small business owners is people pleasing. And this one, it's like the equivalent of going up to the saber-toothed tiger and stroking its nose and saying, hey, little kitty, kitty, please like me. This is where we want to feel part of the tribe. This is where we discount without being asked. We don't charge what our results are worth. We give too much away for free. We don't have clear boundaries with clients and we end up resenting over giving. So those four Ps, the procrastination, 
the sorry, the perfectionism, the procrastination, the project paralysis, and the people pleasing. I developed that model. And I was working with a client one morning in a one-to-one session. And you know when you get those light bulbs, Stephanie, and you're like, you suddenly you have to stop what you're doing and say, I just need to tell you this. <laughs> and this client is just looking at me as though to say, this is only our second session together and I haven't yet decided whether or not you're crazy, but do go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that the four Ps perfectly fit the fight, flight, freeze response from the stress system, from the sympathetic nervous system. So oh, perfectionism. Wow is fight. I'm going to war with this project. I'm going to set the standards so high that I'm going to have to slay those goals. You've then got the procrastination, which is the flight. You are filling your time with everything else. And it's like you're running around in circles trying to escape the project. The freeze response is the project paralysis, that rabbit in headlights. Mm -hmm. And fourth category that psychologists have now got in the fight flight freeze response which is a learned response rather than an instinctive one which is called fawning so a baby deer it's the kind of like please if i'm nice to you will you like me if i give you enough of a discount will you work with me so that fits on the people pleasing oh wow (laughs) these are yeah i love it when a model when you've already got a model and then you suddenly go and things just slot together well I did come back for another session. So obviously I wasn't quite crazy enough. (laughs) So this is really useful for us as business owners, both for ourselves and in our work. If you're a consultant, for example, and you've got a client who's not implementing what they've agreed, it's worth looking at the four P's model to see where it is they might be stuck and whether imposter syndrome could actually be getting in the way of them getting the results that you know in your heart they could be getting. The same, obviously, if you're a coach or a mentor, Imposter syndrome requires different tools to most of what's taught in coaching programs because it goes down to that identity level rather than just being a kind of a goals type coaching. So it's worth having them on your radar, the perfectionism, procrastination, project paralysis and the people pleasing for yourself and for those that you're working with to see whether they might be early warning signs of imposter syndrome getting in the way. Oh, that's amazing. And of course you have a a solution for that right you have yeah yeah it's all in the book it's all in ditching imposter syndrome step by Excellent. step to do it for yourself um i have an online program for people who prefer to actually have videos talking you through but that also comes with support so you get clear time to help you through as well and for for experienced coaches and mentors i have a full certified training program that counts as cpd as a postgraduate coaching and mentoring qualification to become a certified imposter syndrome mentor so you can actually go and market yourself to wherever you get your clients and build the reputation for having the skills that allow you to work at that deeper level, creating those breakthroughs in as little as three or four sessions. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, We're all on board. We're all on board. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you so much, Claire. It has been such an insightful episode. I am going to fill the show notes with so many links this time around. Thank you. Oh, I would like to um, remind you that you can find Claire at clairehosa.com and you can go to the website, um, stephaniefitani.com, where you can find the podcast and you can find all the links to the show notes. Thank you, Claire, for being with us. Thank you so much.
Thank you so much for having me, Stephanie. I've really, really loved talking to you. And for you listening at home, I hope you found this useful. Above all, if you found yourself nodding, particularly on the four Ps, you are not alone, okay? When I did the research study last year, I discovered that the level of imposter syndrome in the general public, so this is on daily or regular basis in the last year, was 52% for women and 49% for men, unless they were running their own business, in which case it was 82%. Oh, wow. (laughs) You are not alone. There is nothing wrong with you. There's nothing to fix, but we can clear this out. Yeah, my big message for you running a business is forget feeling the fear and pushing on through it. It's clear the fear and do it anyway and watch the difference you get in results. Oh, wow. That's amazing. We're, we're definitely going to do that. I have one last question actually for you, Claire. As you know, um, our podcast is about content and of course about a million other things because we are so much more than the content we create. Um, but since you are, of course, a business owner and you create a lot of content yourself, mm-hmm. um, is there a piece of content that you've ever created that, you know, like did better than everything else? Was there a, a, just anything, a social post, a blog mm-hmm. post, something you've done online that has been really good for your business? Yeah, um, I find if I create content with my left brain, I get good engagement. When I create it from my heart, you know when you get that feeling of, I have to do this right now? Yeah. That content always outperforms. I had a lovely example of it this week on LinkedIn, on something that's gone semi-viral, on hang on, why are people going back to the office and we're asking ourselves the wrong question? We're talking about how instead of why? That came from my heart and it almost wrote itself And I found that what makes the biggest difference is when that piece of content is about creating a movement, about bringing people together for a common cause, that content always outperforms any tips, strategies, logic. And the more I write or create or do videos or podcasts when I feel inspired rather than when I think I have to, Mm -hmm. the better engagement the content gets. Absolutely. Great tip. Great tip, Claire. Thank you so much. I'm sure that everyone can relate to this because we've all done it. Excellent. So thank you so much for being with us. And I'm pretty sure that they're going to, everyone's going to have a go at trying to get rid of their imposter syndrome. Thanks to all these wonderful resources you've shared with us. Thank you so much. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you for listening to the Profitable Content Marketing Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share it with friends and colleagues and anyone you think is going to find this useful. If you'd like to give me some feedback or a question, leave a review on iTunes or a comment on the YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or YouTube. Whatever you do, make sure you don't miss the next episode because we have more juicy content coming your way. See you in the next episode.